Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately for greater yields and more profit. This episode is brought to you by ADS, Advanced Drainage Systems. Soil, sunlight, and water are the three most important resources in crop production. Let ADS help manage your water resource in a productive and sustainable manner. Advanced Drainage Systems, their reason is water. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast. I'm your host, Damian Mason. Got two excellent guests, Matt Miles of Miles Farms in Southeast Arkansas and his crop consultant slash business partner, Rob Dedman. Rob Dedman has got a company called Ultimate, Ultimate, gosh, don't, I always forget this, Ultimate Ag Consulting. So you know what? He's, uh, he's got some really good information, and so does Matt, about what their farm is doing with soil sampling. You're saying soil sampling, that's a pretty boring topic. I mean, we were doing that with Grandpa. Are you doing it right? Are you doing it up to today's standards? Are you utilizing your resources to their utmost? Are you actually analyzing it and getting every bang for your buck that you possibly can on your farming operation? We're talking about 21st century soil sampling and how to do it right. Real quickly, Matt Miles, welcome to the program. And tell us a little bit about Miles Farms there in Southeast Arkansas. Yeah, Miles Farms is, is right there in the Mississippi Delta. <clears throat> uh, we farm uh, a little over 10,000 acres of cotton, corn, soybeans, and rice. Um, and we, uh, we soil sample every acre, to be honest with you. Uh, we used to do it like what you were talking about earlier. We, you know, my, my dad did that and we'd pull three or four probes in a, in an 80 acre field, put them in a bucket, mix them up. And that was our soil sample. <laughs> and then we put out a standard rate of fertilize, you know, on that whole 80 acres. Normally even past that, we'd put a standard rate of fertilize on all of our cotton, all of our beans and all of our, at that time we didn't grow corn or all of our rice, and it would be the same fertilizer every year, needed or not, this is what we don't. Yep. And, and, by the way, and by the way, to 1970s and 80s standards, that was fine. That's what you that's what you were, you were doing. But we've got the ability to be so much better at it now. Rob Dedman, you've been out here in the trenches for a while. Tell me about soil sampling of yesteryear and then bring me full speed to today. You know, yesteryear we used to jerk dirt. Today we soil sample. That's a good way to put that. Um, I guess it was probably back in about 2013 is when we started doing uh, grid soil samples. Um, Site-specific technology was still relatively new at the time. Uh, verbal rate, you know, applicators were still kind of new. They were in their, I don't know if you'd call it their infancy, but, but they were, everybody didn't have one like they do today. And, uh, you know, we started looking at how, how can we do better? You know, that was our goal. I so came to said, Matt. You said this was, to, and you've been working real quickly in case this is the first time they've heard from you. You've been working with Matt at Miles Farms for about a decade now. Give me a little background because you, you've been yeah. longer than a decade. You were in, yeah. you, worked for, you worked for Mega Ag Retail. Bring me forward. So got out of college, went to work in big retail. Got, uh, absolutely hated it. Came to work. Uh, had the opportunity to become an independent crop consultant. Uh, did it, about starved to death the first couple of years. Uh, in 2011 or 12, it was, uh, Matt's consultant had a massive heart attack. 
was a great guy in the industry and uh, had the opportunity to, to interview for the job and, and, and got it. Uh, and my wife hired him. Oh, you know what? Uh, generally, some of the better uh, decisions that are made around here are made by Mrs. Mason. So I'm sure that was a good decision also by having Mrs. Mrs. Miles did well. Well, I'll give you a funny story. We had three three consultants lined up to to interview, and Rob was the first one. And when he walked out the door, she said, we're not going to interview anybody else. She said, I can work with this guy. And so nobody else got an interview. Rob got the job, and that was how many years ago? That was about – 12 years ago now. Yeah. 10, they, say, hey, they always say, you know, I came up in showbiz. You either want to be first or you want to be last. The, the act in the middle always gets crushed. So, you know what? Uh-huh. You, you went in there and rocked them out of their seats in the first act. Okay. So, answer me this. Uh, you said something about grid sampling. Out here in my farms, I know that it's grid sampled. I think it's grid sampled every two and a half acres. And I also heard Mr. Miles say he samples every acre. So back in the old days, we all know that's how it went. You went out there, like you said, you grabbed three probes, threw them in a five-gallon bucket, sloshed them around. Said, yeah, how's that feel? Well, it's very different from one corner to the other corner, but it don't matter. It's all one sample. Now, what are you doing? Tell me how you soil sample at Miles Farms, Rob. So when we first started – it was like, I felt like I was beating my head against concrete because you take a farmer who's setting their ways and, and, and I get it. I mean, you know, farmers, they, they, they're risking a lot of money. What they're doing is if they're making money is working. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to change. If something's, if something works, why fix it? And, um, you know, I got Matt convinced to let's try some of this. Uh, we did it and we started out on two and a half acre grids uh, showed him the results. Okay, we're going to try it. We we saw a big return on uh, variable rate lime applications for you know correcting pH. Uh, really didn't think a lot about you know P and K applications at the time, but started working with the P and K applications. And 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 long story short, today we're 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 doing two acre grids on a standard. Uh, we started out with two and a half on three every three years. Now we're two acre grids or less depending on if a field has problems or not. Um, and, and we're doing them every other year. You know, I, I feel like with the, with the yields that we make that I, I'm uncomfortable going three years with, with a soil sample. I don't, I don't think we're keeping a close enough eye on it with that. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, the first part of it is let's talk about the grid versus the, you know, what Matt described how it used to be in the old days. You thought you sampled a, a field, like you said, an 80 acre field, you might have loam over here and you know, it just, everything can change. Organic matter in one part of the field because I used to put my nerve there. Who knows? Now you're doing it on a more, you know, gridded thing. But what, what did you find just by going 10 years ago, you said basically is when we started kind of doing the soil sampling on a grid. Basically, yeah. What, what did you find that you're like, holy cow, <laughs> we sure weren't doing it right for all those years. What's the first thing you notice? Just the uh, variation? Yeah, I mean, it was, there was a lot of variation. Um, it made us pay more attention to uh, individual nutrients than, than like fertilizer blends. Um, when we started this, Matt told me, he said, don't let my soil test levels fall. He already had a pretty good farm, but he had he had a lot of variation. And, and so and typically with a lot of uh, customers, you take, you know, the highs and you bring them down a little bit to the medians and you try to bring the lows up above the medians, you know, so you're you create a better situation in what you got. So on Matt's farm, we 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 left the highs where they are and we started trying to bring the lows to the highs. 
and because we know that's where we make better crops. And, and you know, we, we actually uh, started grid sampling when we were just barely getting enough yield maps to tell that we were yield mapping. And, and, and then as we started getting better quality yield maps, we were saying, ooh, that didn't yield good. And we'd go back to our grid samples and say, ooh, that's why, because that nutrient there was maybe out of place and stuff. You know, and, and, and a lot of grid samples. And, I, you know, I said that I do on two-acre grids, and I, res- I tell customers I reserve the right to, to go smaller if I need to, if you've got problems that you tell me about. Uh, I've talked to Matt before about utilizing your data. And utilizing your data, he talked a great length about the yield monitors in the combines. In the old days, if the diesel engine fired up and it was still shell corn, it goes to the field. Now he says if the yield monitor is not there, that's as important a piece of equipment as the corn head, right? And do you, know how, do you know how many times I have been fussed at for trying to get a yield monitor calibrated or get a yield monitor fixed in the field when he was wanting to shell corn or, or harvest soybeans? Mm-hmm. And now those, those were those were some intense moments of fellowship on this farm. If it came down to a physical altercation, do you think you could take him? Because he's a big guy, one of those big old former linemen. And one thing I've noticed is bigger they are, you know, harder they fall. Probably overconfident. Probably you just take him out at the knees. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I could probably take him because all I've got to do is look at him with both eyes, and you know, just put both eyes on him, and he's confused at that point in time. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you're now talking about those yield monitor uh, data and now you can essentially overlay that or over over the, the grid sampling and say, well, of course, we're 14 bushels off over here in this part of the field. First off, it's a little lighter soil or you had it you know, was farmed wrong for 50 years before we took it over. But there's also this deficiency. So essentially, that's what we're doing with those samplings is we're overlaying one over the other, and that way we're getting down to the nitty-gritty on a per-square-foot basis. Yeah, absolutely. And we can also overlay per nutrient. So we, we, we can get a sulfur map and overlay that against the yield map, or we can get a calcium map and overlay that against the yield map. And, not, you know, and, and it's not, it's, it gets it way more specific, nutrient-specific. Okay. <clears throat> Now you got it figured out. You got the data, you know, and then data is only worthwhile if you take an action step. Uh, when we talked about tissue sampling, you said something really smart. You said, we're not going to chase that tissue sample, meaning we're not going to let one sample result alter our entire farming, you know, operation. We're going to see what the trend line does. Are we doing the same thing with soil sampling? Or do you look at it and say, nah, that needs, that needs a response right now because there's no nutrients there. Tell me about that. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, um, with the with the soil samples, it's a, yeah, we're going to fix it. You know, it's it's going to we 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 have a a set of parameters which is the prescription that we say okay, if it, if a soil test level falls between here and here, then we want to apply this much. And it's not about well, maybe we got a bad sample. It's just if we got a bad sample, it's either not going to get a little fertilizer there or it's going to get fertilizer there. But but yeah, there's action going to be taken on, on every one of those data points and. And you know, and and when a scientist is doing and doing research, we 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 decrease the inaccuracies in our research through uh, data points, and and grid sampling provides more data points. You know, I, I, I you do the math, and 
going from two and a half acre down to two acres, I was providing the customer with 20% more data points. So did that make us 20% more accurate? I can't say that, but, but I definitely think we, we had a better set of data than a guy that's doing two and a half. And, and then those guys that are doing fives and tens and, you know, it gets to the point that they're just, they're doing a, a refined version of, of what Matt and them used to do in the old days. Yeah. I mean, and that's still better than nothing. That's still better than nothing. That's exactly right. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the old thing of, uh, it's kind of like, uh, uh, I always said, uh, a, a bad investment is still, I mean, not a bad, a, a low return investment is still a good investment because it's not a, it's not a, uh, a losing investment. Right. So even right. if you're doing five acre grids, at least for God's sakes, you're seeing what's happening at an every five acre level of your field. So it's better than nothing to do that. That's exactly uh, right. So let's talk about the, the actions. You, um, you see what happens out there and then you'll make the adjustment either immediately or coming up the next season because of what that thing tells you. So tell me about some of the decisions that being really good and more precise has helped you uh, with some of your practices. Well, you know, like I said earlier, it definitely helps us with pH. Uh, pH is something that we we always sample uh, right behind the combine prior to the uh, poultry litter being applied. So I, you know, my group and I, we actually get between the combine and between the uh, chicken litter spreaders, and and so we're it's it's a pretty hectic time, and that way we don't get a skewed sample where we're taking the samples at the uh, basically the lowest point a year. And when the, when the soil is going to be the most depleted is, is there at harvest. And, and that's just, that's buffers for ways that I've always told Matt. I said, we'll never, we'll never deplete the soil. You know, we'll never do what you got. You said, don't lower my soil levels. So we built, I've built in, you know, those safety nets to, to make sure we don't do that. Apparently, he had a, apparently Robbie had a very big impact, uh, even though we both think we could take him because he's kind of big and his knees are bad and all that. But apparently, if he told you, don't decrease my soil levels, you heard it because you mentioned it twice already. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's 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 an investment. Well, and there's a <clears throat> there's a lot of farmers that, you know, are a lot of people out there that are mind the soil. They get by with whatever they can. My, my, my rule of thumb's always been it's easier to maintain a soil fertility than to build a soil fertility. We've rented farms with low soil fertility, and it may take five years to get that farm up to par, if you can get it up to par that fast. But if you've got the levels already, why why lose them? You know, don't mind that soil and lose that. And that goes into another big subject that that people don't don't realize, and Rob's made me aware of. You know, when we were making 50 bushel beans, we pulled X amount of potash out of that soil. We're making 80 bushel beans. You're pulling more out. Get your checkbook ready, buddy, because you're going to pay for high yields. Yeah. So speaking of high yields, you know, the average person listening to this, you know, we say here at the Extreme Ag Cutting the Curve podcast, we're saving you time. We're cutting your learning curve. Hence the name of the podcast and this, this entire interview is about saving somebody time. And I think there's a lot of folks that, you know, they're like, hey, man, this guy's a record setting farmer. He's got a big operation. I want to be like that. If I just get big yields, that's it. And apparently soil samples give me big yields. But I heard another thing that I wrote down, decreasing inaccuracies. It ain't just about big yields. There's a lot of folks that can get a big yield and they actually lose money on that acre because they spent too much to get it. Decreasing inaccuracies. Matt, give me your thoughts because I heard uh, Rob mention it and I thought it was really dead on. Decreasing inaccuracies. That, is that where the money is made? 
Yeah, yeah, that just directly correlates with ROI. You know, and you had talked earlier about, you know, you don't, <clears throat> a lot of people want to have a five to one return. If I can get a, if I can get a, a 1.2 return to one, I'm still going to do that input because I'm getting that little bit of, of return. Plus I'm bettering my soil. I'm helping it for my grandkids and I'm maintaining. Uh, decreasing accuracies is, is that, that's the name of the game in any business you're in. You know, what you said, we, have, we, we spent some money last year on soybean field. No way we got an ROI. We were, we were actually trying to see how much sulfur we could put out and, and increase yields. And we didn't, we didn't increase really the sulfur level or increase yields based on putting that out. So uh, that's, that was something that we learned the hard way, you know, not to do. But we don't do that on 3,000 acres of soybeans. We do it on 35, right. you know. And, and, and that's where you kind of get your accuracies built up is in smaller amount of acres. If you're going to go out there and really try something that you're not sure is going to ROI, do it on a small amount of acres. And that way you're not killing yourself when you do that. <clears throat> Another thing, high yield means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, we're on, we're on some pretty good soybean soils and high yield to us is, is 75 to 90 bushel. We've made over a hundred several times, but you might be a guy on, on 40 bushel ground that you can get that ground to 60 bushel. Well, that's still high yield. That may be better high yield per your ground than what we're doing on our ground. Our, our corn yields are, are 220 to 250 on a normal basis. Well, that, that could be made in the Midwest on some of the porch dirt there. You know, so high yield corn to me is definitely different than high yield corn to Kelly Garrett, you know, or, or, or one of my buddies out there. Uh, Lee's out there in, the, in South Dakotas where it's rough and the weather extremities. You know, his high yield on soybeans is going to be a different level. So don't ever get hung up on, on 100 bushel beans or, or 90 bushel beans. Get hung up on the best beans you can make on your soil or the best corn you can make on your soil. That comes through fertility, you know, tissue sampling and, and all kind of different uh, uh, methods to, to deplete those inaccuracies. So it doesn't matter whether you're getting 225 bushel or 180 bushel or, or whatever those numbers are. The point here is you want to utilize modern soil analysis to get the ultimate, the peak performance from your soil type and your climatological situation. Tell me about utilizing the results and, and then making it make sense for the business. You can talk about utilizing resorts, Rob, and we'll talk about the money side with Matt. Yeah. So, you know, when we get our results back, I already know, and, and, and a lot of people would have to sit down with the customer or the farmer would have to say, okay, what are my yield goals? What, what do I expect out of my farm? And, and, and I think it's important to be realistic because, you know, if you set too lofty of a goal, then you're going to spend a lot of money that, that you're not going to get a return on possibly. If you set too low of a goal, then you're going to leave money on the table. And, and I know what those are for Matt. So when I, when I, when I get the data back, I start writing the prescriptions. My prescriptions are written. Uh, they're they're yield uh, yield oriented. I guess would be the right word, maybe. And 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 that's how we, we work that. And and you know and, and we we know what pH we want the soil to be at. So everything's kind of from the years of doing it. We we've got a a set set of parameters that we're going to work with. And 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 we write the prescriptions. And then and I absolutely will not. And, and I know it's my job to, to, to write the prescriptions and to put them into place, but I will not, I've gotten a point, put them into place until I make Matt sit down and we go through them 
and we talk about them because it never fails that we will, he'll say, well, let's, let's, that field's got two acres of untreated in it. Let's just put flat rate on that whole field, you know, and, and we'll save that money and, and he'll, he'll bring the efficiencies of the farmer. He'll bring the, the efficiencies of the equipment in. He'll bring the efficiencies of the, 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 the usage of, of, of the people on a farm in. And, 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 and then we take the, the specificness of the agronomics that I'm trying to do, and that's how we blend those together and come up with a final fertility plan. Talk to me about money, Matt. Okay, we know that we're, uh, if you're a progressive, success-minded farming operator, you're going to grid sample, you're going to do it every two years, you're going to analyze them because a bunch of data don't do any good unless you actually take the action steps. And then how do you make it make sense? Talk to me about the business part of it. Well, and there's not, you know, it's, it's not a, uh, you're not always going to save money with, with grid samples or zone samples. You're actually sometimes going to cost yourself a little more money because you're going to put the fertilizer where it needs to be. So, uh, you know, you, you, there, there's a whole different kind of ways of looking at, I'll just, I'll just use lime, for example, that's something, uh, ag lime, calcitic lime that we have to put out. And, and normally in the old days, you know, you had a hundred acre field, just say a ton of lime runs. I'm going to do use round numbers. Ton of lime is $30 an acre. So we would go out there and put on a hundred acre field, we'd put 30 tons of lime. Well, that would cost us $3,000. You didn't know where it needed it and where it didn't. You just know that you pull that bucket of soil and it said that your pH was 5.5. Right. Today we take that hundred acres. How many samples would be in that hundred acres? 20, 50, 50, 50 samples in that hundred acres. And you may only need 20 acres worth of lime. Yeah. So, you know, you're going out there at 30, so you're putting $600 an acre out instead of 3,000. That is probably the most cost efficient application on variable rate samples that we use. <clears throat> now, as far as a potash or, or phosphorus or whatever, you know, a lot of times you'll see that you're putting out the same amount of poundage, but you're putting it where it needs it. So, so, and a lot of times your high shielding areas is where your lowest fertility is going to be because it's removed that. So it gives you a look at, at where, where it's needed. You can overlay the yield map with it. You may spend the same amount of money, but you're going to increase your yields because you're going to put the fertilizer in the right spot. You put a hundred dollars worth of fertilizer in, in this two acres and it don't need it. It's going to, it's the plants either going to luxury metabolize it or it's going to lay there and you won't need it. You put it over here where you really need it and it's going to use that up and be completely gone. So it also helps with the environment, uh, with sustainability because, you know, a plant will utilize the fertilizer and use it up if you put it out there, right. if it needs it. If it don't need it, where's it going to go? It could go into streams, rivers, you know, or sit there and, and, and build up. So the environmental component of it is uh, that we're, we're doing good by the environment by properly sampling and analyzing stuff. And also we're doing proper to our checkbooks. We're putting the right amount out, not an overabundance of stuff out. What do you think people get wrong? Um, you know, what have you gotten wrong when it comes to analyzing or taking soil samples? Rob, you've been around a long time. You know, I think the, I think the, the, the biggest thing that people get wrong is like Matt said, they, they think, okay, I'm going to do, grid samples and I'm going to do variable rate application and I'm going to cut the cost. Mm -hmm. We are probably not cutting the cost. We're probably fixing to spend more money because you have said now by I want a grid sample. That means I want to fix the farm. Um, you know, we, we started out, we, 
when we started cutting the hundred bushel soybeans, we could just about take a, a yield map from the previous year and go tell you exactly where those beans were going to come from the next year or the next time that field was in beans by looking at the yield map versus the fertility map. And we've gotten our field so leveled out, I guess is the word to use. Maybe that's a bad word, but so equal that if we're cutting now, you know, what was it, two years ago? We, we were cutting some beans and Matt said, I can't even find a hundred bushel plot out here. He said, these are the most 98 bushel beans I've ever been in in my life. They were 98 bushels top to bottom, you know, every corner. You hey, couldn't find call, hey, You know, when you complain about the fact that, uh, that uh, your air conditioning uh, blew out for a day before the repairman got there and they say, those are first world problems. This, these are the most 98 bushel beans I've ever been in. There's a lot of people that are dying for that kind of a situation, aren't there? Yeah. Well, they're not all like that, but he's actually right on that field. Uh, we, we, we were hunting a hundred bushel plot and, and it wasn't happening. And it's because of the, well, one thing, the variety responds well to all soil types, but the soil, even though it was different soil types was, was level on fertility. And it, it took us about what, five years yeah. What, what I wanted to do was eventually get all those soils to be the same across the field. And we went from maybe 5%, what I call flat rate, you know, so you're putting a hundred pounds of potash over the whole 80 acres. You know, that's the way we started and we went to variable rate and we might put 300 pounds on 10 acres and 200 pounds on 20 acres and zero here. And I said, when we get to the point where we're back to where we started, we've done something right. And we, we, we were say 5% of the fields that we could do that way seven, eight years ago, 10 years ago. And now we're probably 45%, well, last, 50%. You know, last year we were probably even greater than that. Uh, I'm trying to remember that. I bet we were 60, 70% last year flat rate on potash on, on this farm. And, right. and, and then we had to go back this year because we, we did a lot of resampling and and this past year we had a, a a big block that got resampled and 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 man we had a hell of a crop last year on, on soybeans and, and we hauled a lot of stuff off so we had to go back and fix all that well it's interesting the point that when you get to where you can go back to flat rate versus variable rate across every acre it means you got the problem straightened out that's what you're hearing it, you know right, it means that right. you balanced you finally balanced the that part with this part so uh, you said you're going to spend more money. And everybody's saying, well, you know, why am I going to do this? I'm going to spend more money. But what comes out, uh, you, you spend more money, but it's in the hopper, right? That's right. We're going to be putting more grain in the hopper is the goal. And, and it, <clears throat> if you ask me for a magic potion on, on yielding good soybeans or corn or whatever, my first two things I'm going to tell you is drainage and fertility. That, okay. and, and fertility is so important to me. It's something we enjoy. And it's something you absolutely got to have. Now, the Midwestern guys have a lot more in their soils than we do. So, so we're having to play with this all the time. We've got about a six-inch topsoil with about a one, one-and-a-half percent organic matter. So it's a big challenge for us, you know. And, and a lot of guys are getting by without having to do a lot of fertilizing in, in certain areas where they got the big, you know, the two-foot topsoils or three-foot topsoils. But what if, what if they looked at that and said, okay, well, we're getting – stable yields with no fertility but what if we added fertility what you know money's money whether whether if you can spend 100 and make 150 that's that who, who don't want to do that i you know? I, I i give you 100 to make 150 every day of the week 
All right. Matt Matt says his two big things drainage fertility. We spent this episode talking about fertility. We're going to do drainage in another episode down the road. Let's talk about fertility from your standpoint, Rob. It's what you're hired to do. I mean, you're the crop consultant. Not just that. You're supposed to do tissue sampling. You're supposed to give them an analysis. You're supposed to do a lot of those things. Life coach. What? A what coach? Life coach. Oh, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Therapist, therapist sometimes. Sex therapist. He's a good sex therapist if you ever need one. That's another episode for another day. Let's talk about fertility. What do you see? You you know, you roll in and uh, I'm one of these guys out here. I'm listening to the Cutting the Curve podcast by Extreme Eggs. I want to shorten my learning curve. And I'm a young guy and I'm like, man, I want to be like them. I want to grow my operation. I want to increase the fertility of my soil. I'm going to do it. What's your, what's your first thing you tell them? You pull into my farm and I'm, a, I'm, I'm an aspiring operator that wants to be like the Extreme Ag guys. What are you going to tell them? Yeah, so so I get that question, and 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 I have been known. The first thing I've told them is, is fix the drainage. We're going to get to that later, just like you said. But 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 when it comes to fertility, the first thing I say is, you know, let me see your soil samples. Well, I, well, I don't have any. Well, there you go. Let's fix the problem then, and let's get it grid sampled. And until you fix the pH, don't spend another dime. Okay. Yeah, so the guy pulls up on your farm, and he and he and he and to help you. And the first thing he don't ask for is soil samples or what your fertility is. You probably need him tell him to head on down the road. That's where that's where the base starts. Yeah. So any, yeah, any any uh, you know you're hiring someone to to, to be an athletic trainer uh, or or someone to be your agronomist. The point is, it starts with a simple thing. You pull in there and Rob says, "Okay, let's talk about drainage." But now let's look at soil samples. What data do you have to show me? And then you said from there, you begin with pH because that helps with utilization of the other resources. Am I right? That's right. That's exactly right. Because without proper pH, you know, the, the macronutrients aren't going to be available. The, the, the macro-micro uh, relationships and, and, and synergisms aren't going to work right. And, and so it's, it's... Are you sure synergisms is a word? Synergism. Synergism. Um, I, I, I was going to catch that, but I, it's, not, it's not for me to correct uh, his, uh, his, his – you know what? George W. Bush made up words, and hell, he was two-term president, so maybe it'll work <laughs> for this guy also. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we are from South Arkansas. Uh, we do ret- re- reserve the right to make up whatever words that we see fit to make up. Mm-hmm. and uh, it, like, it, like you want to? You want to. You want to. All yeah. right. So uh, before we veer off course here and talk too much about uh, about made up words, I think we got uh, the thing here. And so the person that's listening to this that wants to do this, I think that we got another. It's this way with many things. When do, when should you start really digging in and getting the best data and analytics on your soil? Right now, right? Right now. Because, because as we talked about, it might take five, ten years to correct. If you're picking up some farm ground that's been mined, it's 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 a long haul, ain't it? You're not turning around that soil in a year, are you, Matt? And no, sir. And I'll be honest with you. We analyze that if a new farm comes up, we actually ask for soil samples, the last soil samples they had, because that determines how much rent you want to pay. If you've got to go spend a lot of money, you're going to get a short-term lease. You may walk away from that piece of dirt. Yeah, all, all you did was go in and try and correct somebody else's mistakes, lose money on it, and do the work, and then uh, trying to correct 20 years, 30 years worth of uh, uh, farming sins, right? And as, I, as a landowner, that's something you need to pay attention to. I had a, uh, a guy that was going to buy some land that wanted me to farm it, and 
and he wanted them to provide their soil samples. And he said, if their soil samples are up to par, I'll give what they're asking. But if it's not, I'm going to have to give some less because, you know, I've got to go get the money to, to build this soil. Up. Yeah. So no it gets very monetary in, in, in land, real estate in general. Same thing with, you know, weed pressure, you know, with all these resistant weeds, you, you go to rent a farm or buy a farm, you need to know what the resistant weeds are, what their fertility is. We're talking about 21st century soil sampling. This isn't your father's and grandfather's uh, ball game. We got better analytics. We got the better ability to get the stuff. And we got uh, uh, two people here telling you why to do it, how to do it, why they do it. And then the uh, point is it makes you more money. Any closing thoughts on all this before we cash out of this one, Rob? Hey, just find somebody. Uh, find somebody you trust. That'd be us. We we That's we us. Hire, we hire out to do soil samples. Yes, people, so. we we very much do. Call Advanced Ag Products. Um, you know you can get a hold of us. We'll answer questions. We'll help you. We'll come soil sample for you. We'll make fertilizer recommendations. That's fantastic. All right, we talked about twenty first century soil sampling. I think that by now you know that soil is the most valuable resource to you as a farming operation. Without soil, then there's water and there's sunlight. Without soil, you ain't got nothing. You know what? Uh, they told you about ways to keep it up. His name is Rob Dedman of Ultimate Ag Consultants. His name is Matt Miles of Miles Farms out of Arkansas. My name's Damian Mason. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast. We promise to shorten your learning curve if you just give us about a half hour of your time or less per episode. Till next time. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems the leader in agriculture water management solutions.